Good morning. Welcome to the Open Door. We're so excited to have you with us this morning and being able to share God's love and mercy. Uh, so thankful if you are a family member or a friend. Uh, uh, so wonderful to have you as a guest with us today. Please feel welcome and excited to share with us and be with us this morning because we get an opportunity to demonstrate what we've learned about the love of God. And what we've learned about the love of God is if and when you have the love of God, you cannot keep it to yourself. You must share it with somebody. And we're so excited to be able to share that with you. If you're online, uh, just continue to, to love on one another, to say hello to everyone. Uh, and let's take a moment to hear from the Lord today. Today we're going to be studying from the book of Psalms, the 32nd chapter. So if you have your Bibles or your tablets, please turn to that. Uh, and the title of our message today is A Time to Be Faithful. If we would think about any time in our society right now with all what's going on, this is a time to be faithful, to trust God, to be committed to him, to hold on to his unchanging hand. And so here is what David tells us as he's writing this psalm, which is a song intended to be sung publicly. And it's kind of like a, a, a song that uh, you would think of, um, a heavy metal song or something that has a little bit of sadness in it, grief in it. But then he turns it around and he sings great joy and he speaks of God's goodness. And so here is what he ends with in the book of Psalms, the 32nd chapter, verse 23 and 24. Here's what it says. Read with me. Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart all ye that hope in the Lord. Let us hope in the Lord today. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for this time that we have today. Father, we ask that you open our eyes that we may see, that you open our ears that we may hear your engrafted word. Lord, prick our heart. And Lord, help us to be encouraged by your word and by your Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And Father, we ask that you just speak to us a new word today and give us your peace and your joy. May you be glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. So did you hear that? David ended this chapter and this song with saying, Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints. And see, he realized that there were some times, uh, well, maybe he hadn't loved the Lord. Maybe he wasn't as committed as he should have been. And he writes this psalm. See, this, this psalm, was intended, as I said before, for a public singing so that others would hear these words. And in this psalm, there are strains of grief and woe that he was going through some trial, that David had some sorrow in his life, even though as we as we look and we gleam over David's life, that it says that he was a man after God's own heart, that he trusted God, that he believed that God was faithful and that he could hold on to God above all else. And so even as we look at this scripture, there's no time marking that's placed upon this specific portion. But we know that David was often in trouble, that he often had trials, even though we know that he was anointed by God, he was called of God to lead the nation of Israel. There were times that he was in trouble. And there were times that that trouble was because of his own doing. But there were also times that you know, David was just trusting God. And so, But God wants to remind us, no matter what the case may be, 
that we are to be committed, that we're to be faithful. See, this speaks a little bit different than the faith that we have in believing, that we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. But that now that we are called and we are children of God, that we walk faithfully, that we live out this life committed to him, trusting him. See, today and this is a time to be faithful in all the things that's going on, all the trials, all the, the things around us that can cause us to have fear, that can cause us to, to maybe even doubt. God is saying through the voice of David, be faithful. He goes on to say, oh, love the Lord, all ye saints. See, there's a commandment there. That we know that when they asked Jesus that question, they said, what are the great two, what is the greatest command? He says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. That we love on him. That we have some action of committing ourselves to the Lord. And so David is saying, love the Lord, all you saints. That's where our hope and our treasure is and our love for him. But then he goes on to say, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. Those that are committed to him. We know God loves us. He loves us with an undying love and that he always will because he's a committed God. He's a faithful God. But David is reminding us, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. He does a preserving there. Just let me share a little bit what that word means. It means to keep, that God will keep you. It also means to uphold, that there are some times in our life that it's going to seem like we're weak and we're going to be struggling. And God will uphold you. Also to sustain that as we go through this life, that as we have times of trouble, as we have times of weariness, God will sustain us. He will give us that strength. And that also it means to save from decay. That there is a decaying effect because of the sins of this world. You know, there's a dying process. There's a decaying process. But when we are faithful, God will preserve. He will save us from decay. That we can trust. And that decaying may even mean the decaying of our confidence, the decaying of our commitment to him. That when we're faithful, God will preserve that. And so I believe David is saying that there's times when I wasn't faithful to God. We can look over David's life and we can see that very point. We can see when he allowed himself to be tempted uh, when he looked upon Bathsheba. And we ask the question, what caused David to get to that point? Because it wasn't at the time that he looked at her that there was trouble. I believe that, that his faithfulness before caused him, or the lack thereof, caused him to be tempted beyond measure when he saw Bathsheba. And maybe we've had moments like that, that outwardly we looked like everything was going on fine, but inwardly, there were some struggles going on. Maybe we weren't as faithful as we needed to be. Maybe our heart wasn't as, as, as turned towards God as it needed to be. And so David is reminding us of this very point. For the Lord preserveth the faithful. Doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. Doesn't mean that uh, he's not watching over us. But there's something about when we get closer to God. As we get closer to God, his anointing, his covering, his, his preserving overshadows us. It overtakes us. It comforts us. But when we're not faithful and we pull back and we draw away, we miss the fullness of God. We miss the preserving of God, the protection, because we've pulled ourselves away from his glory. 
And so David speaks to our heart about this. And then he says, and the plentiful rewarded the proud doer. See, when we take it upon our own accord, we can get just exactly what we, were, what, what we should be rewarded. But when we think about that closely, do we want to rest on our own ability? Or do we want to rest in our faith and trust in God? See, as we look at these two portions of Scripture, reward basically equates to fairness. That fairness demands that you get what you deserve. See, we get what we deserve. We're rewarded with the things that we do. But when you look at faithfulness, see, faithfulness demands that you get what Christ deserves. Because of his grace and his mercy. Because of Christ's sacrifice. As we are faithful to God, as we are faithful to what God has called us to, we get what Christ deserves. See, God looks upon us and he sees Christ in us. He calls us his dearly beloved. That we're worthy and justified in his sight. And we get what Christ deserves. Because we're joint heirs with Christ. Let me talk a little bit more about what we're seeing here. Because as we look at these three things in, in, in verse 23, it says, O Lord, love the Lord, all ye saints. See, that's the first commandment, to love him. And then as we see it moves down, it says, be faithful. Because there's going to be times in this world, there's going to be trials that's going to test our faithfulness, our commitment to God. Would you agree? That there's going to be times that we're going to struggle at that very point, just like David did. That David had some trouble with being faithful. He loved the Lord. He knew that God was on his side. But as soon as he drew back and he wasn't as faithful as he should have been, we see all kind of things that, 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 that David struggled with. That he struggled in his confidence and his trust and his knowledge that God is able beyond any situation in our life. See, here's what faithful leads us to. Faithfulness makes us trust, trustworthy to God. See, when we're faithful, when we're following what he's called us to do in the midst of any situation, whether it's good times or it's not so good times. Uh, Paul said it this way. He said it. That I've learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. I've learned how to be a base, to not have and have need. But I've also learned how to abound. And I've found that it's important to be consistent in my relationship with God. To be content. To trust him. To know that he has a plan that's greater than my plan. And so often if we're not careful when we go through situations in our life, or when things change, we may have a pattern that we're going through. We may have a consistency of on Monday I do this. On Tuesday I, I go here. On Wednesday I go to Wednesday night Bible study. On Sunday morning I go to Sunday Monday morning service. And when those things are changed, when we're unable to do that, it can at times just throw us all off. And our faithfulness and our consistency may wane 
Maybe we don't get up and study like we should. Maybe we're not faithful in the things that God has called us to be. You know, God is bigger than a church building. God is bigger than a fellowship hall where we may have Bible study. That God wants to meet us at the very point of our need, right where we are. So he asks us to, to draw nigh to him, to draw close to him, and he'll draw close to us. You know, God is right there, and he's closer than our very breath. He's waiting for us to act and seek. And as we seek him, his face, and as we seek him, as the Bible says, knock and the door shall be open. Ask and you shall receive. God is ready to meet us and to fellowship with us and be in and, and, and allow us to be in his presence. But God is such a gracious God. He doesn't force himself on any of us. He asks us to come. All ye who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your souls. So faithfulness makes us trustworthy to God, that he can trust us. And sometimes I believe God allows situations just like this to happen, to see if we're going to be faithful. So that we can examine ourselves, test ourselves, press ourselves. Paul said, press towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. That there's a pressing that's needed. That there is a, a pushing through. That there's going to be obstacles and things that are going to try to stop us from being faithful. But we press towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. The second point of of this faithfulness is faithfulness to and in God is where your strength lies. Faithfulness to and in God is where our strength lies because it's a, it's a spiritual building up. Remember someone told me one time, they said it takes 21 days to build a habit. And so if we're pressing and we're studying our word, we're in prayer, we're seeking God's face, there's a habit that's getting built up, and it strengthens us. But you know what? The reverse can happen when we get comfortable or we stop doing those things that we know we need to do. We stop praying, stop studying our word. We stop fellowshipping with other believers, stop seeking God's faith, and it becomes kind of a hit and miss thing. What happens is we lose strength. Those spiritual muscles aren't built up. And so God is challenging us and he's reminding us of this very point. That no matter what the situation is, be faithful. And that faithfulness will preserve who we are as believers in Christ. It will remind us of who we are, whose we are, and the plan and the purpose that God has for us. Would you turn with me to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 1. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 1, says this. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, there are those that went before us that trusted the Lord, that were believed in Jesus Christ. And they're in heaven right now, and there's this cloud of witnesses. There's angels. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they're watching us. And they're, 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 they're praising God for his mighty works 
in and through us. Look what else it says. It says, because we have such great a cloud of witnesses, those that are seeing everything that we do, those that, are, that, that, that have trusted God, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. See, these are words of faithfulness that we take action. Just like James said, he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, I'm going to live it out. I'm going to take action. He says, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that has been set before us. Run with patience. Run believing that God is able, that he's seeing us through every situation. Look what verse 2 says. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He began it. He'll see it to the end. Because he's the faithful example. He trusted God. He leaned not to his own understanding. He trusted God all the way through. Look what else. It says, for who for the joy that was set before him. You know, that's you. And that's me, that we are the joy that was set before Jesus Christ. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, even Jesus was called to be faithful. He was the faithful example. And he's calling us to be faithful. Calling us to trust that God is greater, that he'll see us through to the end. So he tells us in 1 Timothy 6, 12, turn with me there, 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. We fight the good fight of faith. See, the fight in this world is not against men and women. The fight in this world is not uh, against, uh, on how much we can gain. Fighting against the wiles of the devil and his tricks and all those things. The fight is to fight the good fight of faith. That we would believe and trust in God and change in him. That we would be faithful. That we would be found faithful. There's an illustration in the book of Matthew that I think is so important to share. If you turn with me there to the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter. And we see here that there was a man that had a son that was vexed with a devil. He had, uh, the devil had possessed his life since he was a child. And the scriptures say that this devil was dumb meaning that he couldn't speak, and he was deaf, that he couldn't hear. And so this devil would just run rampage in this young man's life. And so the, the, the father took his son to the disciples and asked them to heal him, to, to deliver him from this, this, this devil. And they couldn't. No matter how much they tried, they couldn't. Uh, and so the, the, the father took him to Jesus. He said, I took him to your disciples. And they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get him out. 
And so look what Jesus' response was in verse 17 of Matthew, the 17th chapter. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. See, we look at that, and yes, he was talking about believing. But also, when he said those words, oh, faithless, he was talking about faithfulness. He was saying that to the disciples. Just as when Jesus went to, before he went to the cross, he went up to pray in the mountain. And he said to the disciples after he came back down, he said, could not you pray with me one hour? He was asking them, where is your faith? Because there's a requirement to be faithful. And so look what Jesus did. See, there's, there, there's a great illustration here. He said in verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil. And he departed out of him. And the child was cursed, was cured from that very hour. See, there's a key word that we see there. It said that Jesus rebuked the devil. It doesn't say that Jesus cast the devil out. That's what the disciples were trying to do. They were trying within their own power to cast the devil out. But Jesus rebuked See, he allowed the word of God to speak for him. See, that word rebuke is a, it's a, it's a faithful, it's a word that comes from a faithful doer. That he understands God's word. That he understands truth and life. See, it means to have a strong scolding, a strong correction. So, as we think about Jesus, how would he scold this devil? How would he correct him? He would do it with the word of God. Because he spent time with God. He knew God's word. See, when we try to cast, many times that can be in our own power. It can be in our own strength. We can be a proud doer if we're not careful. See, there's a little bit more to glean from this. Because as we see, and, and, and this is Jeff Wim just kind of thinking through this, we had a devil that, was, that couldn't speak and couldn't hear. So can you imagine the disciples trying to cast out that devil when he couldn't hear a word they were saying. And so we see something happening different with Jesus. Look what he says here in verse 19 and 20. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? He's trying to do it in their own ability. Trying to cast out. And look what Jesus said. And Jesus said unto them, Behold, because of your unbelief. So there's a believing process. But it's also, as James said, an acting out of our belief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. See that word as a grain of mustard seed means like a mustard seed. See a mustard seed is so small. It's not saying if we have small amount of faith. It's saying like that mustard seed. That that mustard seed will wait patiently. That mustard seed knows exactly what it's called to. What's its purpose. 
so it doesn't get shaken, it doesn't draw back, just wait. Being one of the smallest seeds known to mankind, a mustard seed can sit right where it's at, wait. That word wait means to serve right where you are. And wait for the due season, time. And that small little seed becomes, when, it, when, it's, when it's in the due season, when it's time for it to grow, becomes the largest vegetarian plant in the entire world. But it doesn't get shaken. It doesn't draw back. It just sits. It can wait for years upon years. And then when it's right water, the right soil, the right seed, it begins to grow. See, there's strength and there's life in that mustard seed. That mustard seed depends and trusts in that light. doesn't get shaken by it. Holds on. Wait. And so Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence, to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He says, but how is this all possible? Look at verse 21. How be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fast. He's saying this is not like any other situation. It's not like a demon that can hear you, that can hear the word, but he says, there's things that need to happen before you get to this point. There's things that need to happen in the quiet time. There's things that need to, be, that need to happen in your faithfulness towards God. Look what he says. How be of this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fast. That there's a putting on and a putting on. That we pray to God. We seek his face. We put on righteousness. We allow God to fill us up. We hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And the way that we're able to get to that, he says, and by fast, the putting off, that we lay aside, maybe that's food, maybe that's television, maybe that's you know, something that we're reading, thought process, lay aside so that we can have room for God to come in and speak to us, to come in and fill us, See, he says it's not like other situations where you're able to work in, in, in just the outward expression, but there needs to be an inward faithfulness. He said the disciples missed that a little bit. See, the way that they were, they were able to cause this demon to come out is not the actual outward casting, but by prayer. And fasting. What have you done in the quiet time? What have you done in the personal faithfulness? So that when it comes time to rebuke, to give that strong correction, to speak for God that you're able. That now the strength that lives inside of you is able to do mighty works for God. See, those things that are done in the darkness shall come to light. Our faithfulness will be put to the test. It will show whether or not we've been spending time with God. 
or whether or not we were caught a little bit short. And so turn back with me to the book of Psalms, 32nd chapter. Because when we think about the faithfulness that God has for us, how God is calling us to be faithful. See that verse 24 says this. It says, be of good courage. Be of good courage. There's going to be things that's going to test us. There's going to be things that's going to fight against our faith. As we saw in 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Why does God want you to be of good courage? See, we see that in 2 Timothy 2.13. Turn with me there, 2 Timothy 2.13. It says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. God's going to be faithful. He's a faithful God. He's going to be with us no matter what. We can trust him. We can stand on his promise. And when we've fallen, when we've had moments where we haven't been as faithful just as David was, we can dust ourselves off and get back up. And hold on to his unchanging hand. Trust him. And so God is saying to us, be of good courage. He's faithful. He loves us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he shall strengthen your heart. He's going to strengthen our heart. And maybe last week or, or last month we had a moment where we just felt weak. We didn't turn to him. So he's going to strengthen our heart and say, come back. Come to me. I know how to do this. My all-knowing, my all-powerful, you can trust me. And then he goes on, David rejoices in these words. Now all ye that hope in the Lord. He says, be of good courage. He'll strengthen all who hope in the Lord. And we can have our hope and trust in him. Knowing that he. I want to share a quote with you. That's so important for us to just. You know, be reminded of what God is doing. So here's what St. Augustine said. He said, God is not a deceiver. He that should offer to support us. And then when we lean upon him, should slip away from us. God would never deceive us. As we lean upon him, he won't slip away. He'll be right there. He'll be an anchor for our souls. In the midst of any situation, we can trust him because he is a faithful God. Oswald Chambers said these words. He says, when, you, when we get into difficult circumstances, we impoverish his ministry by saying, of course, he can't do anything about it. We struggle to reach the bottom of our own well, trying to get water for ourselves. Beware of sitting back and saying it can't be done. You will know it can be done if you will look 
to Jesus. The well of your incompleteness runs deep. We need to understand that. The well of our incompleteness runs so, so deep. But make the effort to look away from yourself and to look towards him. The author and the finisher of all. He's been faithful. We can trust him. God is so good. And he's saying to us today, this is a time to be faithful. To hold on to his unchanging hand. Let him be glorified in everything that we do. And when we're weak, he's made strong. And we can glorify his holy name because he's a good and faithful God. Amen. I encourage you today to let this be a time to be faithful. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for being so good. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we ask, as David asks, creating us clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Father, help us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in your work. Lord, help us to be faithful and committed to all the things that you've called us to, first to you, and then to the plans and purposes that you have for us. Lord, strengthen us. Give us your peace. May your faith shine upon us. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Well, saints of God, I hope you were blessed today. I thank God for the opportunity to share with you. And be encouraged this week as we go and we glorify God. And we are faithful witnesses of his plan, his purpose, and of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came for you and I, and that we get an opportunity to share that with you. Be blessed today. Thank you. I love you. Look forward to fellowshipping with you real soon. Bless you and have a great day.